think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All right, welcome to the Take and Read podcast. This is Pastor Chad, and I am back with probably the guest that I love the most, my son, <laughs> Truett. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm a little <laughs> tired right now, but... Yeah, so what's up with your voice, man? You sound a little uh, hoarse. Been cheering at uh, one of our high school basketball games. Okay. It's like kind of the rivalry... Um, so yeah, I just got back from that and been, uh, so are you one of those just yell the whole time scream or is there a rhyme and reason to your, your cheering? There's more of a rhyme and reason. Okay. I'm I'm very interested. Yeah, no, it's not, it's (laughs) not whenever I'm just like, let's go just like all the time. It's more like, oh, they made like a cool basket and that was really cool. I'm not just cheering for every ba- every basket that's made. It's like yeah. Well, I remember going to I think it was the first home game of this season for our basketball team here, uh, and there was a an agreed upon cheering uh, framework, and that was the rule was that we were going to be silent. Yeah. Until the tenth point was scored, and then when that point was scored for our team. Yeah. What do we do? Um, so uh, there was like kind of a theme that night, a uh, silent night theme. So all of the students dressed up in whatever theme they were um, were assigned. And there was like uh, soup and like a soup contest, like a big thing for the first home game of the season. And everybody in the stands, visiting and home, had to be quiet the entire No, well, time. the visitors weren't quiet. Yeah, visitors were quiet. Yeah. Well, the only reason why they were quiet is because their team hadn't scored. Oh, yeah. So, and then, so everybody was quiet. And then when our team scored their 10th point, uh, so like fifth basket or something, they, the whole court or the, yeah, whole gym just went crazy. And all the students rushed onto the gym and it was just like, you know, just a fun school basketball. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. So you, yeah, you were cheering and doing a lot of basketball fanning uh, this evening, and so your voice a little hoarse. But still, hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the taking lead. Yeah. And as we do, uh, per the usual, I would be curious to know since we last spoke, if you think about your life and maybe th- some things that God has taught you. What would be like one major lesson that you think he is trying to communicate to you since we last spoke? And if I remember correctly, you had you were reflecting on your time kind of this summer, yeah. this past summer working construction and what he had done through kind of your reading of the word and your your major kind of lesson or takeaway was that you were that God was teaching you to be kind of not just a Christian in word and kind of for show, but to be truly and authentically a Christian yeah. and a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. What do you, would you say it is now? 
So right now, um, just some some theme that I've been seeing over and over again is focusing on God's kingdom and not my own kingdom, not just to myself, but to others as well. So not like, hey, look at me, look at my kingdom, but hey, look at God's kingdom over here. There's something that I've, and something I struggle with just mm. a lot. I love it when people are, when the spotlight's on me and I get all the attention, but it's just something that's in, because in school, we've been going over the gospels and one of the the main things that Jesus says is kingdom is here. Well, what kingdom? The kingdom of God is here mm. and his church is coming. And so, and it, it was also in a sermon you preached the other week. You were talking about that. Um, Can we, just for the record, I do not pay my son <laughs> to reference my sermons. I am stoked no, I, that he listens to them. <laughs> this one caught my ear, okay? okay. All right. Woke <laughs> me up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> um, but no, it was, again, like you were talking about focusing on God's kingdom and not my own kingdom mm -hmm. building because whatever I build here, it's not going to last. Amen. So work towards building what is going to last. Amen. So, yeah. That's a good word. That's mm -hmm. a good word. Well, uh, we are going to dive into the take and read because we're limited on time. You have to go do homework. Uh, yeah. So Unfortunately. Uh, we're going to uh, respect your need to get after the studies here. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 13. So we've we've made it a little ways since your last time on the podcast, and we've seen Sweet. quite a few things happen. And uh, we've just most recently looked at Peter was, was arrested and imprisoned by Herod. And then we, we read through chapter 12, this miraculous uh, release from prison where he was in prison and all of a sudden the door opens, he's unshackled and an angel kind of leads him out. He thinks at first he's like having a vision. He thinks that he is like maybe dreaming about this and then he realizes once he's outside of the prison, no, this is real, this is legit. I just was released from... He was imprisoned and chained between two guards and they and he was just released. Angel comes in, opens a door... The chains fall from his hands. He's out. And then he presents himself to the church who had been praying. Their their recourse, their their primary mode of responding to the arrest of Peter was to pray to God. And so they did. And God released him. They at first didn't really believe it. And then when they finally saw him, they believed, okay, well, he's really here. And then not, shortly after that, we learn about Herod um, ended up dying because God struck him dead because Herod was taking the accolades as though he were God and did not honor God. Uh, and so he was killed. And then we move into this next section. Uh, and so we're going to start in Acts 13. And we're going to read just the first three verses. We're going to just confine ourselves to just the three verses of Acts 13. So uh, we are diving in. I'm reading from the ESV. Do you, what uh, translation are you in? Uh, ESV. ESV? Okay. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, 
Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I think the first thing that catches my eye is the Holy Spirit said, like, did yeah. he just audibly speak? Audibly speak, or was it like a yeah? Like I, I wonder how it communicated to them because it had said that they had been fasting and praying, so they were really like seeking the Holy Spirit and yeah. So I don't yeah, know. it's interesting. You've got an interesting cast of characters. So we have we've learned here that. So at the at that church at that time you have Antioch uh in Antioch prophets and teachers Barnabas Simeon who is called Niger. So you've got what's interesting is Paul and Barnabas or Saul and Barnabas Saul's name has not been changed to Paul yet has it uh No, no it is not Barnabas. But they went there and spent like the reason why Barnabas is there is he's in Jerusalem. They hear that there are Christians in Antioch, that the Holy Spirit has, has gone there. So before he heads there, he swings by Tarshish to pick up Saul, who's at his hometown, and they head there. And it says they spend a year preaching, teaching, discipling, equipping them. And so then while they're still there, we learn that as they're all sit, they're there, and there's all these different. There's prophets there. There are teachers there. So there's there's a lot of growth, and the Holy Spirit is working and moving, and and then you have this, yeah, like you said, there's this moment where as they're fasting and praying, so they're they're worshiping the Lord, they're fasting, and it gives this sense that it's not just this one momentary thing, but it it includes a momentary thing. But there was this lifestyle of praying and fasting yeah. like that was that was just kind of what they they spent their time doing as believers is fasting and praying and and these are two primary components of the way that we we seek the Lord here and now as believers right that pursuing God and seeking a relationship with him is the business of Christians it's not for people outside of Christianity or that are kind of searching for truth but here you have believers who have already confessed faith in Christ, who already have the Holy Spirit, and they're defined as people that fast and pray on the regular. And then, like you said, the Spirit speaks. Like it's a natural byproduct of seeking the Lord, then He is going to respond. He's going to speak to you. And it in may this not case, be audible like it may hear, but it may just be in different signs and yeah, there may be different ways in which God yeah. communicates to us. And here it says that the Holy Spirit said, which I don't know that that's an indication that yeah, it was that an audible voice, but it just somehow the Holy Spirit communicated. communicated or indicated, this is what I want to have happen. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, you do have prophets and teachers there. Um, and so they, what specifically the Holy Spirit communicated was set apart for me Barnabas and Saul because there's work. That's what's interesting. For the work to which I have called them. 
So is there, there is very clearly a call on Saul and Barnabas for a particular work, and they're to be set apart for that. So it's this, which, man, this is fascinating on so many levels. I know, yeah. So many things I could get into in just three verses. Well, I mean, do you ever get the, the sense in, in the in the church now that there are times in which people just declare, I am called or I am sent to go do this, and they just go do it on their own? Yeah. That's, while it may be true that both Barnabas and Saul experienced God leading them and directing them to a particular work, what's interesting is the Holy Spirit tells the church, set them apart for me. Yeah. God could have just said, Paul and Barnabas, come here. I want you to go over here. Uh huh. But there was this very particular moment where God, through his spirit, instructed the church, you are to set these two men apart for a work that I have called them to. So he's given the church a particular authority to set these men apart to affirm and support what these guys are going to do to to literally say you guys are are sent to go do this and commissioned that's very fascinating as a pastor because i get all kinds of people coming to me and saying the lord told me to go do this and it's like like, okay um (laughs) what kind of confirmation are you like i had one gal come to me and she was absolutely positive she was supposed to go to the mission field in a South American country. And she didn't come to me to say, hey, uh, do you think this is of the Lord? Um, she wasn't asking like, hey, do you have any counsel for me? She was informing me, God has told me to do this and I'm supposed to go. And I remember asking her, are, okay, well, do, are you wanting us to come alongside you? Do you want us to pray with you over this? She's like, oh, I need all the prayer I can get, but I'm I'm good otherwise. And you see here a model that God wants to work as he calls people out that there is a their their connection to a church that sets them apart and commissions them or sends them is very appropriate. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um I mean it could just be encouragement help from other believers cuz I know that um encouragement and help from other cuz what they're about to do is probably going to be challenging hard oh man even for that girl that came up to you like going to be a missionary in south america (laughs) that's hard and so i think that it's really good that one aspect of this is so that the body of christ can come and encourage you and pray for you and help give you support maybe one of the ways i mean just i'm thinking okay there's we can have all the support there but then just going out alone, how much different, how much more difficult mm-hmm. it would probably be and may not be as fruitful as pulling all the resources and help from the body of the, the church to help you in whatever God has called you to do. Yeah, and to your point, when in this moment when the Spirit of God tells the believers, set these two men apart, it's now, it's they're a part of the call. Now the church in Antioch are deeply tied to what happens to to Saul and Barnabas. Like they're in this with them. 
if if God had just said to Saul and Barnabas, hey, I want you guys to, to peel off and go, and Saul and Barnabas said, hey, we're, we got to head out, guys. Um, we've got this mission from God to go and take care of. Good luck, everybody. Well, there would have been this immediate kind of detachment and yeah. confusion and and maybe even just kind of like, okay, well, good luck to you. But the, mm-hmm. because God says, you people here who have been seeking me, praying and fasting, here's my response to your prayers. Set aside these two men. So now they're deeply, intimately involved as a part of this mission, as partners with Saul and Barnabas. In this. So like you said, they're yeah. not... They're not detached from the work, but now they've got the support of this whole local church that are yeah. deeply invested in them and what they're doing. And for this girl who told me, hey, I'm headed to South America, she did not really remain connected to us. She just kind of did her own thing. And she did, it turns out she wasn't connected to really any local church. She just wanted to go do her own thing. And a year later... She had returned from the mission field and com- completely disillusioned. And Yeah, I was about to ask, like, what happened to her? She was out there for about a year and, and faced several complications and was not ready. Uh, we, we offered to bring her on into the church uh, and bring her back for a year and do some, like, training and equipping and really kind of prepare her for that and then we were going to kind of partner with her in that and she didn't want to do it she told me i can't leave now i i I don't want to be one of those missionaries that just goes and then ends up leaving and turns out within a year that's exactly what happened to her yeah and she went completely detached and on you know from my local church body well yeah so I think this is a very fascinating passage that I've never thought about as deeply as I am right now. This <laughs> yeah. is really cool. <laughs> this is really cool. Uh, do you notice anything else here? Um, um, then at verse three, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So just like the Holy Spirit told them, like, yeah, these guys, but then not only did they, they didn't just stop there. Like they put their hands on them they prayed for them they they still fasted and they prayed for them mm-hmm. and they just yeah so yeah there's something uh, there's something in that that I, I keep using using the word commissioning but there's this kind of official moment where everyone has gathered and has affirmed this is the you're being set apart you're being we affirm this is what you're supposed to do because the Lord has called you to it. And we bless and affirm and we lay hands. We're, we're with you in this. We pray for you. We will continue to pray for you. We'll support you. Go as an extension from us and do the will of the Lord. There's kind of this sweet picture. And and I think that's why, you know, we in our church today, we when people are sent on a short-term trip or a long-term trip, or we have uh, people visiting that are doing a, you know, a clear call from the Lord, we take time to lay hands on them and we pray for them and we send them out. And it, and it comes from this example here. So you've seen several times where we have people going on mission trips or going to the mission field and 
they come forward at, at a service and we invite people to come forward and we lay hands on and we pray. And we're, we're doing that because this is what we see modeled here. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that same type of ongoing, you know, behavior because we do see the Lord set apart people for particular work. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see just like even at our church, whenever we, cause we do a lot of mission stuff. Uh, whenever I see people about to go to the mission field, maybe not just mission field, but people are gonna g- about to do something and they need our help, and we we've always just kind of gone up and laid our hands on them, but it's like now that I've I've kind of studied this, gives me a little bit more insight, and it's like, well, yeah, like as a church body, we're recognizing the call that God has put on them. And we get to be a part of that call, and we get to help, and we get to support them. And we're like, we're connected to it. Like it's, yeah, we're it's our call now. Because notice here, the Holy Spirit is talking to the church. He doesn't say to Paul and Barnabas, yeah. "Go do this." He tells the believers, "Set apart for me these two, and send them out to the work that I've called them to." And so, I mean, it makes me think: What would it look like if we said, "All right, every fall." all the people going to be a teacher in whatever school you teach in public, private homeschool moms, homeschool dads, whoever that is. Hey, we want to invite you up and we're going to commission you to the work God has called you to. Yeah. And we're in it with you and let's lay hands on you. Hey, any medical professionals, nurses, doctors, whatever you do. Um, we, we recognize God has called you to this. And so we want to, we want to commission you. Hey, truck drivers. Yeah. You know, I mean, just you you think about all of these particular ways in which we are called to go do things, but we when we see them as unto the Lord, that's a calling. Yeah. That's a that's a mission field God has called us to. It's not just pastors and it's not just, you know, professional missionaries, but we all have an opportunity to live missionally wherever we are. So Hey, students, you're about to head to school. We're going to commission you uh-huh. to be missionaries and evangelists and, and bear witness to Christ's kingdom when you go to school, when you're on your sports team, whatever it is. Would that change the way that you think about school? <laughs> Definitely. Just like, <laughs> just think about it right now. It's like, I have to go to school today, but know that it's like, it's an opportunity not only will to learn but just to also use that time for even in a christian for, school dude. even in a christian school yeah 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 and i think that that's also one of the great things about like a church body is obviously we're not laying hands on every single person at the church but just that fellowship like hey man i'll be praying for you like when you go out on your truck routes this week or while you go to school or mm-hmm. that tough thing that you're facing, I'm there for you and I'm there to help you. I think that that's, yeah, just really good. Yeah. All right, so you sit back and you look at this. Fasting and praying is a, is a marked, like that's a notable thing that defines the, the church in Antioch. What are your thoughts about fasting and praying? And be honest. Uh, <laughs> I love food, so <laughs> fasting is, 
Fasting's a tough one. But you do love food. I and love food. you're you're fifteen, about to turn sixteen, and the amount of calories you consume in a day is jaw dropping. <laughs> so I can imagine the concept of going without is really difficult for you. But yeah. do you think it's something that God has designed and provided for our good? Fasting or uh-huh. food? Fasting. Yeah. Um, obviously food's good because it nourishes good, us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that fasting is good because um, I've heard like talks about this and different stuff, but what it does is it puts down that earthly fleshly desire to want to want food to satisfy right but instead of depending on those fleshly wants you're depending on the holy spirit and and not like oh the holy spirit's gonna satisfy this hunger i mean no the the hunger and pain's still gonna be there but you're gonna be focused on and relying upon uh god through uh, kind of whatever, whatever you're fasting about, whatever you're praying, you're well, using that time to focus on. Yes, him. yeah. Have you fasted? Yeah. When Besides, we... between meals, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a time. No. Um, no. Um, before we moved to Montana, mm-hmm. we fasted for three days. That's right. And yeah, I remember. Like, and you fasted, like, I remember talking to you about it, and I I wasn't sure if you were, like, if you were going to take it or not, but you decided, I'm going to do it, and we did it for three days, Yeah. and you even, like, at school, your buddies yeah. are eating lunch, and you're like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. What was that like? Uh, it was tough, but during those times, like, I was like, okay, I know that I'm fasting right now so i would usually just pray at the lunch table that's pretty well everybody was doing stuff i would pray and i mean i wasn't praying most of the time most of the time i was thinking about food i was just a little eighth grader but um well you bring up an important point and it's in the text here that they weren't just fasting and they weren't just praying but they were praying and fasting and I think that there's an important component to fasting that you don't see it without the component of prayer. Like fasting is is coupled with prayer. And so it's this sense of one hunger driving out another, that there's a hunger or a desire to hear from the Lord, be directed yeah. for the Lord, to be focused on the Lord, that you're willing to forego your physical appetite because you desire a greater intimacy with God. And so you let that one hunger. Sometimes you see in scripture fasting for long periods of time. In the in the early church, outside of this example, we learn from a, a document called the Didache, which is kind of gives us some insight into what how the early church operated. And they fasted twice a week as a church. So Wednesdays and Fridays they would pray they would fast from breakfast and lunch and they would break the fast after gathering for prayer then they would eat the dinner meal together twice a week like the whole church would gather oh. they would skip breakfast they would skip lunch 
typically fasting during those times where they would be eating meals and instead of eating, they would pray. And then they would come together, pray as a whole community, and then they would break the fast together. You imagine if we did that? Uh, I'm just, uh, we're not the early church. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But I, do you think there's, there's a place for fasting in our, our walk this oh, definitely. today? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, most of it has just been like my experiences really using, whenever I've been fasting, it's really been using um, that time where I'm not eating to ask God for wisdom in something. Mm-hmm. So for that, it was like wisdom when we were moving. Yeah. Wisdom for that. I think that's the only time I fasted. But just even when I'm not fasting, and I ask God for a lot of wisdom throughout whenever I'm making big decisions. So I think that fasting is very good for that. So considering this passage, all that we've talked about, what's kind of a major takeaway for you? One major takeaway for me is I love how it's communal. So, like, it's not just, okay, God telling Paul and Barabbas to go off to their own, or Barab- did I say Barabbas? Yeah, Barnabas. 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 I was going to let it fly, man. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't want anybody confused. <laughs> They're like, what story are you reading? <laughs> no, but just sending them off separately, but um, how it's it's a whole church body thing yeah. and that I think it's really cool how your church can help come alongside whenever, like when we're commissioning people, when we're sending people to go out, we can help them. And it puts a different perspective for me on why we're laying hands on um, people like at church services and stuff. So that's probably the big takeaway where church is not supposed to meant to be secluded, but we are all supposed to encourage and pray and fast and worship yeah. with and for each other. Yeah, there's a it it highlights the dependence nature of church that you're not just independent and just mm-hmm. off doing your own thing, but it's very much you're you're connected to this body of believers. And uh yeah, that's a good takeaway. That's probably mine too that I look at this and and see just the importance of in this particular moment, the Spirit spoke to the gathered church to set aside Saul and Barnabas for the work he had called them to and prepared them for. But he was instructing the church to do the separating out, to say, set aside for me these two men. And so it was a directive to the church to recognize and commission them. I think that's pretty awesome. Sweet. Cool. Well, thanks for being with me today, brother. Yeah. And uh, I want to encourage everyone out there that that tuned in. Uh, what you've seen is two men that believe this to be the true inspired word of God. This isn't just a product of men, but God has divinely inspired this text. And we believe that it is it is life for us today, that this is instruction for us, guides us, Before we got on this podcast, we prayed and asked the Spirit of God to guide us. That same Spirit that guided those gathered believers in Antioch that day to set aside Saul and Barnabas, we believe guides and and leads us today as well. And so I want to encourage everyone out there as you go and and maybe, you know, 
in in addition to your taking and reading God's word, that you consider what are ways in which you can pray and fast with other believers and and see what the Lord does through that and what he does in you through that. So I want to encourage everybody out there. Um, and if you want to support the podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, do all that stuff that you do to podcasts. And want to thank everyone for the support. Uh, you can follow the link down below if you want to support us through Buy Me a Cup of Coffee, which literally helps me grab coffee with people and take and read the scriptures. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, you can also grab a t-shirt if you haven't. There's a few left. You can go to 22beans.com and you can find the simple take and read t-shirts uh, there. And that also helps support the podcast. But I want to encourage everyone out there to go take and read the word of God. Blessings. Blessings.